Welcome, friends, people for peace, pods of consciousness, planetary citizens, wherever you happen to be today, listening to the local news in social artistry here on KOPN.org, your community radio station out of Columbia, Missouri, 89.5 FM on the dial. Uh, glad you're with us uh, each week. Uh, I, your host, uh, Dick Dalton. Uh, get to talk with someone who's building a more humane world from the inside out. And we call it global because things are happening locally that really are happening global, global, globally. I can't even say global anymore. <laughs> and globally that are happening locally. So we just put those together and call it global news. And my guest today is uh, a fellow I met recently uh, at a uh, Capital City Productions uh, uh, evening with Annie, the musical. It's uh, Kyle Peak. Uh, Kyle is the Jefferson City Area Coordinator for Coyote Hill Foster Care Services. And uh, they were featured as our um, non-for-profit for the last uh, couple shows. Hey, Kyle, great to have you with me on the show today. Hey, thank you, Dick. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Uh, I think that's the first time I'd ever seen you. You had a little video that uh, opened the, the evening and, and, and gave a, uh, a nice introduction to Coyote Hill and, and what you offer there and the need for um, donations because kids need things, right? <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Coyote Hill. I had heard of that actually uh, related to Columbia some years <laughs> back, but I, I and I didn't know we had a Jeff City area uh, connection. So yeah. it was cool when uh, we were there at Annie and and saw you and got a chance to chat afterwards and invite you on the show. And thanks for saying yeah. hi. Uh, what's the deal yeah, with absolutely. Coyote Hill? Man. What's not the deal with Coyote Hill? We're, <laughs> Coyote Hill started about 31, almost 32 now, because guess what? We are in the year 2023. Happy New Year. Happy uh, New Year. So back in 1991, Coyote Hill was started by Larry McDaniel, our founder, and his late wife, Kathy. Um, and through the years, uh, we got to where we are now, and that is a foster care service program. Yes, like you mentioned, our HQ kind of headquarters area is in Columbia. We operate off of Walnut Street. We are inside of a Love Columbia building as well. Hmm. And with that, over time, we have known that there's a lot of need elsewhere. So our focus not only is Harrisburg, which is our main site. That's where our equine therapy program is. We have homes out there that houses foster kids. And we have home parents out there that helps these foster kids, which is a big thing. That's a big thing. We need those care, right? Uh, and then we came into Jeff City. Mm -hmm. We're not only in Jeff City, we're in Jeff City, we're in Moberly area, we're in oh. Hannibal area now. Oh. We have plans to move elsewhere too in the future. Um, but I became a Coyote Hill family advocate and licensing specialist uh, back in August of 2020. And they, I just got a phone call from a dear friend of mine uh, that I met working at another foster care agency that you might be aware of. Um, and he said, hey, I heard you lost your job because of COVID, what are you doing right now? So I'm <laughs> on my way to an orientation. He said, where are you going? 
I'm gonna probably gonna be a caseworker at Great Circle to work in the foster care system again. He says, "Don't do that. Don't do that. You won't like it. You won't like it." And I was like, <laughs> "I probably will, but tell me why you're saying that because there's got to be an agenda behind this call." And he said, "Coyote Hill is moving to Jeff City. You're a Jeff City person. We need you." And this was August. This was beginning of August of 2020. 2020. I'm sorry. I was literally in Ashland when he called me on my way to an orientation. I'm not kidding you. I was going to be paid for the first time in a month that day. <laughs> so when you're going through Ashland, obviously you have the two roundabouts right there. Mm -hmm. I took the first one. I took the second one. I booked it back to Jeff city <laughs> after he gave me the contact information for uh, the family advocacy director. Her name is Paige Douse. Uh, mm -hmm. Learned a lot from Paige. I would definitely consider her a mentor in this field. I don't know where I'd be without the guidance of Paige Douse. Mm -hmm. I will throw that in there. Um, and I called her. I interviewed. I had to watch a few videos of something we call trust-based relational intervention. Um, it's We lovingly call it TBRI. It's out of Texas Christian University's Karen Purvis Institute of Child Development. Uh, we had to use those. Ask me about that later. I love TBRI. It's a big thing of what we do at Coyote Hill. Um, I turned around and called her. I interviewed and got the job and started on a Tuesday. And man, let me tell you what, it's been amazing since personal growth, professional growth, spiritual growth, all of these things. And that leads me to me sitting here in front of you today. Wonderful. Um, yeah. So you had worked sort of in the foster care area before you said, uh, or correct. What? Correct. Uh, how so so kind of help us with your trajectory of uh, sort of how Kyle Peak got to this place. I, we got the last part, 2020, but yeah. I think a little bit happened before 2020. Possibly, <laughs> but we can dive into it. We can definitely dive into it. <clears throat> so I'll start, I'll start a while ago. You know, when I, when I graduated high school in 2011, I graduated actually from around here in Russellville, Missouri. Mm -hmm. um, I had no idea what I want to do. No idea. Growing up, I was in a lot of what I call broken homes. Mm -hmm. uh, so consistency was not necessarily a thing that I was very accustomed to. Um, so I can walk in the shoes of these foster kids quite a bit on different levels. Um, and with that, I was lost. I didn't know what I was going to do. And when I figured it out, probably three months after graduation, figured it out, <laughs> you know, quotations around that with all caps. Um, I was like, I'm going to go to school and play basketball. Basketball was my biggest thing in, in high school. I still love basketball today. And I enrolled in a community college up in St. Louis. I went and I enrolled. I got set up. I met the basketball coach, all of these things. And then I met my now wife, Danielle. And Danielle also at the time, she had a two-year-old daughter named Josie. She's a couple years older than I am. And I fell in love uh, from the very beginning. So that plan changed. I did not go to community college in St. Louis. I stayed back and then it started a, a line of a lot of different weird jobs. Mm -hmm. I went from being a reservationist at a hotel here in Jefferson City. I went to delivering furniture. I went to sell direct TV. I went to sell cars. Mm -hmm. I went to a turkey plant in California, Missouri. And that ultimately led me to Fulton State Hospital. Mm -hmm. uh, this is the domino effect that I call that. 
Fulton State Hospital. I worked on big, I worked in bigs and that was the maximum facility then. Now it's the Nixon Forensic Center. But through my experience there, I was able to start a kind of a case management job with uh, mentally challenged adults and at Burrell Behavioral Health in Columbia. I worked in the Stevens Lake Park Clinic and I worked with transitional aged youth. Oh. So that kind of set the tone there for a little bit, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and then after that, I um, transitioned into New Horizons and that is a community support agency here in Jeff City and Columbia. I came back home to Jeff City. It's closer. I worked with uh, quite a few schizophrenic adults. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I loved that work. And I had no intention on leaving that work until I seen an ad uh, for another foster care agency, uh, Central Missouri Foster Care and Adoption Association. Uh, oh. I got hired there. I worked there. So there's there's my entry into the professional side of it. Right. Um, I think it was May 2019 to early 2020. I worked there for a while. I did some extreme recruitment. And then I left to go back to social work and then COVID hit. And that brings us to the August of 2020 day. Mm-hmm. And I definitely left out something. I, I served in the Missouri army national guard for five years as well. Oh, cool. Throughout, right. that, throughout that time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. You mentioned the central Missouri foster care and adoption association. I had a student back at Lincoln, uh, Deanna Alonzo, who I think mm-hmm. was either the founder or co-founder of that association back in the day. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah, it's good to hear that you at least had a connection there. And I actually tried to get her on my show. <laughs> she is so busy. It's, it's hard to get. She's a busy lady. Yeah, she is. Sweet lady. So your connection with foster kids uh, and your invitation to join the Jeff City Coyote Hill uh, had you heard of Coyote Hill before? I'm sure you had. You knew of what went on. At- no, absolutely not. Oh, really? Okay. <laughs> How cool. No, I had no. That's that's kind of a part of the cool story of it, with that piece. I call it the Lorenzo effect. Now, <laughs> uh, I, I really do. Lorenzo Scott is his name. He is one of the biggest mentors I've had in my personal and professional life. Um, he is a family advocate at Coyote Hill in our Columbia office. And he's a big trainer. He does a lot of our foster parent training classes too. Um, but when he called me, I was like, dude, I don't even know what that is. Like that was the exact words that I said. I said, <laughs> dude, I don't even know what that is. So I had to get online and I had to do my homework about what is Coyote Hill and what am I getting myself into mm-hmm. type of thing. And found out that it was fairly new at that point when it, what we do anyway. Uh, foster care services started in 2020, early 2020. Like I consider myself to be a part of the original group of people mm-hmm. that may have not started Coyote Hill, but kickstarted it at uh, foster care services wise. And Lorenzo had a big piece in that with him calling me that day and starting what I called the Lorenzo effect, man, I'll tell you what the trajectory only went up. So what's different about, Coyote Hill. What's different is it's it allows me to put quality over quantity, and that's a big thing at Coyote Hill, and in our eyes, especially my eyes, mm-hmm. working in the organizations besides CMFCA, honestly, but like they're very much quantity based. Like you have to hit a number mm-hmm. in order to succeed at that job. I'm going to put quotations around succeed there, uh, and I didn't love that if I'm being uh-huh. completely honest. And that's uh-huh. definitely not a knock on anybody. 
I didn't love that because I was a quality-based person. Mm-hmm. I really do feel when we are taking care of people, regardless if they're kids or not, that we have to put quality over quantity. It doesn't matter if I'm spending 15 minutes a day, five days a week with somebody. If I'm not, if they're not getting anything out of that, then we're not getting anything out of that. That's not helping them ever. That's inconsistent work, unfortunately, even though it's a consistent schedule of 15 minutes, five days a week, five days a week, maybe if he's at the same time, that's not consistent growth. So when I got here and I realized, man, this is quality work. Like they're making a difference. They're changing the landscape of foster care by creating these safe places to be children. It completely changed my work ethic and everything. Um, so I really feel the quality that they had to train me in. And it really wasn't big training numbers. It was very much, this is what we're doing. So more, it was more of a refresher uh, and then a training on the Coyote Hill way. You know, there was a way that I was showing compassion and empathy before, but now there's a completely different way that I'm showing compassion and empathy. And I think that was the biggest transition for me besides licensing foster parents. (laughs) That was probably my biggest transition and training piece. Mm -hmm. So you had compassion before, but now it's different. Um, That um, makes me want to (laughs) know what... What's different, Kyle? (laughs) Is it just uh, a more mature? Is it like you've uh, sort of gone from fourth grade to fifth grade to sixth grade or maybe into graduate school? I don't know. How does it compare? (laughs) I think that the level of maturity is completely different than it used to be. Even so, I'm a 30-year-old that I felt two years ago I was super immature at 28. Mm-hmm. So I, like I said, it's going on three years with Coyote Hill and August of 2020, I was still a very lost, immature kid. Mm. I mean, I really was, even though I've been married for several years and I had two kids at that time, three now, mm-hmm. uh, I still felt very immature at times. You know, I'd get into my emotions quite a bit. I wore my heart on my sleeve and with like I said, they call it the Lorenzo effect. It's the domino effect of me being here at Coyote Hill. I feel like I've been able to grow a lot because of the support that has come with that effect that I lovely call Lorenzo. Mm-hmm. Um, and that what that looks like is a community, you know, and that's really what we are. Mm-hmm. Uh, being a Christian ministry, like fellowship's a big thing for, for the church, right? And if we are a Christian ministry that is Christ focused and we are billing ourselves as that we have to make sure that we are living by that. And what that is, is them pouring into me what I now get to pour into other people. Mm-hmm. They discipled me. That was a big piece of that. Maybe they weren't only discipling me to know the man upstairs. They could have been discipling me in other ways. And that's how I took it. They're like, they're mm-hmm. letting me grow underneath their nose in order for me to pass this on to the next person to allow them to grow that way when the next person comes, they can pour into that person. And it's truly is an effect like that. Mm -hmm. And I think that's been the biggest difference, Dick. I I really do is I feel Coyote Hill being as intentional as they are and the pure hearts that they have, that is what makes the difference in anybody, not just the brand new worker at their organization. Yeah. What, What I'm hearing in part, uh, I hear that there are special tools 
Uh, you mentioned uh, TB something or other. We'll come to it in a minute. Uh, yeah. You have <laughs> a, uh, a mentor. You have a community. Uh, you have a need. Yeah. And you have uh, people that are eager, in a sense, to be um, cared for. I mean, they... they your your phrase that that's on the card is a safe place to be a child and wow what a great yeah. what a great label <laughs> to have for a foster care <laughs> uh, facility yeah i really and, think with that piece so many things can can come out of our mission and that's being that's creating safe places to be children a safe place to be child it's on everything we have you mentioned Annie earlier, and that's how you kind of came to be introduced to me. Mm-hmm. And in that video, I very much say, you will see us walking around with Coyote Hill shirts, Coyote Hill polos, Coyote Hill hats, Coyote Hill decals. It doesn't matter. A safe place to be a child is not an organization. It's not only a church. It's the community. Mm-hmm. And that is what's going to make the difference. A safe place to be a child, because unfortunately, not every foster home is going to be a safe place. Yeah. It's just like any apple you pick from a tree. There's going to be good ones and there's going to be bad ones. And there might be some in-between ones where you might be able to gnaw on it a little bit. But unfortunately, it's still not doing the job and that's not making safe children, safe places to be children. You know, And I, I do feel with our training, with our advocacy, with our in-home support that we provide, we really do hit that, a safe place to be a child home. And straight out of the ballpark. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, we're, we're about at a time for reintroducing you to our listening folks. Uh, hi, folks out there, whoever you are, wherever you happen to be today. Um, I'm Dick Dalton, the host of Glocal News and Social Artistry here on KOPN.org, your community radio station out of Columbia, Missouri. Glad you're with us. Um, be nice to hear from you sometime. Um, by the way, if, if you hadn't heard the rumor, uh, this particular series of shows is winding down. I've got three or four more to go, and uh, uh, glad you're with us for now. And uh, so today, my guest is Kyle Peek, P-E-E-K. He's the Jefferson City Area Coordinator for uh, Coyote Hill Foster Care Services uh, out of Jeff City. There's a, a group out of Columbia as well. And Kyle has been part of that organization in Jeff City for, well, since 2020. So Kyle, in terms of these various things you've mentioned, I, I wanna follow up because I kept seeing this TB something with a trademark after it and it never seemed to have the words to go with what it was. This thing out of Texas that, that you all use as a tool. Uh, can you dive yeah. into that just a little bit? Yeah. So when I started, they, I mentioned earlier, I had to watch what we call trust-based relational intervention videos. And that's our way that we can contract foster parents to be a higher level need home. Uh, Cause really there's, there's few contracts when it comes to being a foster parent, you have your just traditional, I'm going to foster kids. Perfect. We need them. We need them bad right? That's not a shameless plug. That's just a real need, right? Um, and then you have level A. 
And that's just higher level needed kids that maybe have more consistent behaviors. And what we do to provide that contract, because it is a training piece, we are able to provide TBRI training to them. And it is based on three pillars. And that is connection, empowerment, and correction. Those three things you cannot do alone. You have to do them all together. And truly, you kind of have to do them in order. <laughs> so I'll take you back just a little bit. Mm -hmm. If I'm being completely honest with you, I wasn't a fan at first. It was kind of like the Coyote Hill story of me getting here. I had no idea. I came in already parenting my stepdaughter for years at this point. And when I started reading a book with our team, I looked at them and said, no. I'm not doing that. That's not me. I'm not cool with it. You're allowing kids to get away with this, this, and this. That's not what it is at all. I come to find that out. So when in taking the area coordinator title, more responsibilities came with that. And they asked me if I would go to TBRI practitioner school. And that is basically the certification in order to train that class. Right. And I'm going through this entire first part process of, getting interviewed for an adult attachment interview, doing trainings. And I'm sitting here like, I don't want to do this. I don't want to do this. This is dumb. It's really not. I find out literally the first day that I'm in Memphis, Tennessee for an entire week for work for a training. I find out the first day by noon, it hits me. This is life-changing stuff and I need to pay attention. And, and it really is based on those three pillars. TBRI tells you, you need to connect with a child. I use TBRI. It's always a thinking now. And that is connection with anybody, not just children, but with anybody. Like the day that you and I met, you very much shook my hand, gave you a card, gave you information. That is building a connection. Cool. We're connecting now. Well, maybe later we need to empower each other to do a few things. So that second principle, that second pillar is empowerment. Without that first connection, I probably couldn't empower anybody to do anything, yeah. right? You have to be connected. You got to have money in the bank, right? Mm -hmm. If you don't have money in the bank, you can't make a withdrawal later. If you are having to do the third pillar and that third pillar is correction. Now I'll take it back to a child for a minute. My son, Jensen, he's seven years old. He is definitely spoils me as a dad. He very much is a really good child. All three of my children are. Um, however, he's very hyper kid. He's a hyper seven-year-old boy. You know, he's got a hard time focusing. Uh, and we started using some TBRI skills on him. And what they look like is without my connection to him as a father and me pouring into him like I do, being playful and all these things, when I do start to empower him, hey, buddy, it's time to take some deep breaths and all of these things. And in order to correct the hyperactivity, I wouldn't be able to do that without that money in the bank. I wouldn't be able to jump in and be playful because that's really the biggest first piece of engagement when you're trying to correct something is you kind of want to be playful first. Mm -hmm. What a really cool, I'm going to shout out somebody um, to, to somebody's really uh, John Warren is this individual's name. He was my TBRI mentor down in Memphis and man, was he good at what he did. Uh, does, does, because he still does it. He is down in Texas area uh, and he, broke it down so wonderfully when it comes to if you can hit it on the head with playful engagement, you're more than likely going to be able to correct that right out the gate. Mm. That's super fast correction. 
And then the second person I want to make sure that I throw into this mix is a gentleman by the name of Sean Catton. Sean is from Houston, Texas. He was my TBRI partner to practice with. Uh, we connect weekly. Connect weekly. Mm. And with that connection comes that empowerment piece. He calls me about a program. I give him information. We talk through it. Now, oh, I need to go fix this. That's kind of a correction piece there too, you know? So without those guys, without TBRI, maybe I'd be, I would never say parenting wrong. There's millions of ways to parent, right? But I know now that I'm parenting a way that's going to help my child in the future because of the utilization of TBRI. And that's what we try to pass on to our families that we train. If we can get them comfortable enough, even if it's not TBRI, if it's conscious discipline or any other program out there like it, if we can get them comfortable to connect with the child, because sometimes that is the hardest piece, but it's also the most vital piece. Mm -hmm. If you can connect with the child and make that connection, you'll be able to, you'll be able to empower a lot of different things and you're going to see wonders that come out of it. So when you use the word empower, you're talking about empowering the child, or in your case, uh, the mentor is empowering you to yeah. make changes. Uh, yeah. How does that, uh, can, you, can you give an example of empowerment? Uh, how, yeah. In other words, you said you and I, we have a connection now. Maybe in the future we can do some something to empower. Yeah. Each other. Well, whether you talk about me or or a kid. <laughs> well, I could definitely do that. I, honestly, I'll I'll kind of I'll take it back to a situation with a kiddo. Uh, honestly, I think that's going to be the best thing that I could do in the moment. Um, we have a kiddo that we serve here in Jefferson City. He's a teenage boy. Mm-hmm. What comes with being a teenage boy? You get a little bit of an attitude sometimes. You got a chip on your shoulder. Trust me, I was there. I've walked in the shoes, right? Um, With that, I got a call from the foster parents one day. That's part of what we do. We do have that on-call support and in-home services that we can come, and I'm their advocate. And to tell me that, hey, this kiddo is packed his bags. He's got everything on the front porch, and he's ready to go. Mm. I'll be there in five minutes. And I was there. I mean, I left the office. I was there probably in like seven minutes. Mm-hmm. But regardless, you know, I was there. And I walked up to the kid. I said, what are you doing? And he goes, I'm leaving. No, you're really not. And let me tell you why. So I had him stand up. And this is connection-based. I have a very strong connection with this kid. Very strong. I see a lot of myself in him. A very strong to the point where we, our favorite thing to do is go to Sonic together and grab a cheeseburger. Mm-hmm. Like that's our biggest thing. Right. And I looked at him, I said, we need to have a conversation. Okay. And he said, okay. I said, are you a child or are you a young man? Cause in my eyes, you are a young man. And I want to be able to talk to you like one. He said, I'm a young man. I said, okay. I said, I respect you. Do you respect me? He said, I do. At this point, playful engagement's out the window. I'm having to come in more structured wise. Mm-hmm. He goes, of course I do. So I'm going to ask you that question multiple times during this conversation. For terms, we'll call him Joe. Okay. I looked at Joe and I said, why are you trying to leave? What's going on? And he told me a little bit about it. What was going on? And I said, I really think you're making a mistake. 
and I'm going to tell you why. And then I repeated the question. Do you respect me? Yes. Are we boys? Yeah, we are. Okay, perfect. Let's keep going. And then I'm able to talk to this child and let him know and get him to understand that the, I will say issues, for lack of better terms, the issues that he was having in that moment does not trump what he has in that home. And in that home is the basic stuff too. Clothing on your back, roof over your head, safe place to sleep. You get to play football during school time. You get to do the YMCA. You get to go to Sonic with me. The list goes on and on. And once you can sit there after that connection is made and empower him through a conversation like we had, and each connection empowerment, it's all different. You know, what, ha- what worked with him might not work with this guy down the road. Steve down the road, it might not work with. So you have to continuously base it off of connections. So me having that conversation with him the way I did and knowing my connection with him allowed me to withdraw that money from the bank, Hmm. which in turn, guess what? I helped him carry his stuff in the house and unpack. And we did that together. That's the biggest thing. You can't leave a connection after empowerment. You have to do these things together. And if I tell him, hey, I can give you a couple choices. Choices is a big component of TRI. I'll give you two choices. The first choice is I can help you try to get a hold of your caseworker if you feel like this is truly what's going to happen. Or I can help you carry your stuff in and we're going to unpack this together and then we'll go get a cheeseburger. (laughs) And guess what? That's what it was. And it was super minuscule issue that I say super minuscule. It's not minuscule to everybody. Mm -hmm. But it was super small issue that was going on but I was able to turn our connection into a true correction, which completed the cycle of TBR at that point. Good example. Yeah. yeah. Great. Good. Is there a, a residential facility that Coyote Hill has in Jeff city or in Columbia? No, no. So right now mm-hmm. our Harrisburg location, which is kind of the root of it all. It's kind of where we started. We've got 300 plus acres of land out there that have all been donor funded. We've got homes out there that serve children as a foster care community. And it's not a residential. These, these parents bring in these kids just like any other community. Foster parent would by phone call or email or text or however you want to coordinate the placement. And then we go in to serve them. Now we do have equine therapy out there to help them. Like we found that to be a huge success. Mm-hmm. Shout out to our founder for really hammering that home. I think that's been fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, then here in Jeff city, we have a well, home. So just a second uh, there in Columbia, you've got these, th- there's 300 acres and some, some houses. That's in and, Harrisburg. Yes, sir. Or Harrisburg. And so foster kids come there for a temporary recharge or what's the deal? So I would love to call it temporary recharge. Really <laughs> in the state of Missouri, we are working towards unification right out of the gate most of the time. And reunification means when a kid comes into care, uh-huh. we are working to get them home. And what that looks like is we are now reaching out to foster families, any household that would take those kids to care for them until we can reunify them mm-hmm. with either their parents or some type of relative. Cause really these kids need to be with relatives if they are going to be reunified. Okay. Right. All right. So that's what those homes do. They work with those children to work with reunification. Now, some kids have been adopted from out of there. Oh, like okay. their case kind of complete, completely switched and mm-hmm. rights were terminated. 
and they now were adoptable and we have we've had people adopt out of there uh, our actual so what i do our hannibal area coordinator her name is Brittany mccaskey if we have any hannibal listeners please reach out to Brittany. she's fantastic she adopted her children out of there oh. she was one of our home parents at coyote hill out at the hills what we call it in harrisburg and it was it's been really cool to see different types of cases in and out reunification adoptions another one we all know what adoption means guardianship which means you just take full legal responsibility the only big difference is the rights probably aren't terminated with the parents mm-hmm. kinship relative which is amazing my coworker here zach just got legal guardianship as a kinship provider just this last month and that's been an amazing accomplishment for this office and then you also have a goal called apla which is another planned permanency living arrangement and that is basically for children that are going to age out of foster care and that would be at 18 or it kind of ranges a little bit Um, actually i know a kid that um, stayed in foster care until he was 21 Mm -hmm. because he didn't have the resources to kind of make it on his own Mm -hmm. yeah Mm -hmm. yep so uh, you mentioned that the woman in Hannibal had been a foster parent at the Harrisburg facility? Correct. So each of the, the homes has a, a person or persons that sort of are the parents of that particular home. Yeah, absolutely. We call them home parents. Okay. And then foster kids are there in a transitional capacity is that kind of a I think that would be fair to say yes and and they get referred to you or they get just dropped off to you how, <laughs> how would someone know I'm trying to to help our listeners know yeah, absolutely how if, if they fall into a category that they might want to call you and yeah and so help me understand yeah. that so really it's, it's a different process, and I'll try to walk you through it the best that I can from really kind of the very beginning. I kind of need to brush up on it anyway. Nick, I'm getting ready to train this class on January 14th. Okay. So really what happens is, is if there is a hotline of any credible nature, uh, child abuse, child neglect of any kind, uh, the juvenile office kind of investigates it. If it, they find it substantiated, they remove the child from the home into state care. The JO, juvenile officer, We'll then do some paperwork and that would then transfer us to children's division or a contracted agency such as Great Circle, Cornerstones of Care. We have a local one in Jeff City uh, called Every Child's Hope that I work with frequently, and they take legal custody of those children. Hmm. And when it comes to us, I'm going to halt that for a second, and then I'll kind of go into our, our little play there. So when we train license foster families, we add them to what we call our WhatsApp foster parent group. And what that allows us to do, if we get a placement call from any of those agencies, Children's Division, Great Circle, Cornerstone of Care, Every Child's Hope, any of them, they can call us. We have an intake process of learning about the child if they have anything. Sometimes we don't get to know anything because sometimes they don't know anything about a child coming into foster care. Right. But that allows us to reach out to every single person that we have licensed, which is over 150 now, by the way, and t- oh, just over. Well, we're going on our third year. So oh. that's that's incredible for me to be a part of. That's when we put that out there. So just like any foster home in the state, contracted agencies, Children's Division, us, 
we can call you and say, hey, there's a need for a 11-year-old girl, cases out of Cole County, would you be willing to let this child enter your home? I can sit there, can you do an emergency, maybe just overnight? Can you do it for a week? Can you do it for a month? Can you do it until they reunify or the case changes? And that's how that plays even out there. They get those calls from caseworkers or us, and then we are able to help locate homes for kids to be able to give these kids loving homes. And your connection to the kids, when does that happen? How did, with your, with Joe, uh, how did you meet Joe? When, I met I, Joe in the home of the foster family. Oh, okay. So, yeah. so when a kid like Joe, mm -hmm. um, when a kid like Joe comes in and, they, and our families take placement of them, uh, our advocates are called family advocates. And really that's kind of a, a broad term. The child has their own team. They have their caseworker, they have a juvenile officer, they have a guardian ad litem. So what do we do to support that child? We support the family because if we can support the family and get them confident to create safe homes to be children, then guess what? They're in turn helping that child. And that's how you meet Joe. That's how you meet kids like Joe is that when we license these families, we become their advocate. Mm -hmm. the, every kid they have, we go meet. We go in there and make those connections. We bring them I belong baskets. We bring them, bring them different things that we consider just gifts on our end to connect with them to lead us to have these, what I call fantastic connections. Mm -hmm. And which in turn could be a very good relationship down the road for this child because sometimes they've never had a good relationship. So can I compare it at all to uh, a big brother deal or it... Ish. No. <laughs> I would Ish, say no, because like I said, we're not child focused. Uh, you know, we are, but we're not like it's, it's kind of a muddy water answer with that. Mm -hmm. Like we are child focused because we're taking care of the families that are taking care of children. That's our biggest focus is to create those safe places to be children. Uh, However, it's not like I go only for the child. I take care of the family as a whole. Yeah. So uh, you're helping to uh, connect with the family, not just the kid, empower the family, not just the kid, and correct some issues of relationships in the family, hopefully that can then unify the family once again. Yeah, I think that's a really good way to really kind of put it down in those terms. Okay. And really, you can empower anybody in that family because sometimes these foster families have biological children. And I'm going to be honest with you. Sometimes the biological children of those foster families, they're the ones that has the most loss in this situation. Mm -hmm. Because when kids from an outside source of any kind comes in, they lose space. They, right. Maybe they lose birth order. Right. All of these things, you know. So we can go in there and take care of that family as a whole, that family as a unit. Mm -hmm. I'm telling you, I guess the success rate's been quite, quite remarkable. Awesome. Uh, let me just take a break, Kyle, uh, Kyle Peak, uh, and say, uh, folks uh, listening today, whether you're listening on our live show at KOPN.org on the five to six hour on Mondays, or whether you had tapped into the podcast that's there on our uh, program page of kopn.org and go to programs and look for local news and social artistry and see the last 25 shows or so uh, or maybe you uh, caught a podcast link on facebook where i try to post the show connections uh, within a day or two of airtime 
Uh, we're glad you're with us, and we appreciate your support for KOPN. And uh, here we are on Glocal News talking to Kyle Peak, uh, the uh, area coordinator of Coyote Hill Foster Care Services uh, in the Jeff City area. And uh, Coyote Hill is now branching out uh, faith-based, uh, although uh, we should say, Kyle, that that people don't have to be a part of any church or they don't have to um, you know, swear at a Bible or anything. It's just, it just happens to be a faith-based uh, organization. Is that fair to say? I would, I would feel like that's pretty fair to say, you know, we live, uh, you know, as, as workers, as, as just people in general, um, we love Christ-like relationships. We love to give grace. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's the biggest piece of our success too, is that we know that through our faith and, and being a gospel-centered ministry, that we are able to do this work that God has lovingly called us to do. And it says it right there in scripture, James 127 states, you know, you are to meet your widows and orphans in affliction mm-hmm. and their affliction. So I really think that we do a really good job doing that. And to confirm your account, yes, there has been numerous times where I'd bring people into the office and license them as non-Christian people. Mm-hmm. And that's our way of also possibly discipling a little bit. Sometimes you know, my office is in a church right now in Jeff City, and sometimes that's a really hard thing to do for people. So if people come in and walk into a church, mm-hmm. that's sometimes the hardest step. And like, we're never going to force feed it. However, if we're doing our jobs as Christians, that is showing the gospel to people. Mm-hmm. But no, we do not mm-hmm. only focus on those Christian white couples. Mm-hmm. I... I in my years of teaching and, and uh, actually ministry work myself in college, I, I came across uh, a statement that do unto others as you would have others do unto you is one of the most universally taught concepts in all cultures. And uh, it, it, it's almost like, you know, if we could really get that, <laughs> really get that, then so many of these other things would would be unnecessary. <laughs> yeah, that's such a hard lesson to uh, to really get. And uh, but, I would agree. Yeah. I would agree. And I think that I think as even with that piece goes into a lot more too. Like if you go back into the Old Testament, you know the story of Moses. You know the Pharaoh. You know they let my people go. Let my <laughs> people go. Well, you got to you want to put it back into the foster care perspective or anybody within the system that includes the biological parents that just lost their children to state care. That includes the kids. That includes this person, that person. What if Pharaoh is not a physical person? What if their what if their Pharaoh is an addiction and that's why they lost their kid? Maybe it's a cycle of abuse. Maybe that's that ever ending cycle that it seems that led into a, the abuse and neglect. And now the child being abused and neglected. Maybe now they have pharaohs and that's an abuse. Maybe they have mood swings or something. And that's because of that pharaoh that's been lingering right here mm-hmm. this entire time. Mm-hmm. So as, you know, as Christians, as a Christian ministry, as an organization, as just people in general, you do not have to be a Christian to do this. Mm-hmm. But in order to look 
at that Pharaoh over that kid's shoulder and say, let my people go, let him or her go. You're doing that job right there. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. you might not even be here thinking I'm doing God's work, but you are, you are, mm-hmm. he knows you're doing your, his work. <laughs> you might not understand and truly accept that you're doing his work right now, but you are. And that's how I view any couple that walks into my office. I don't start with, are you a Christian couple? If you're not Christian couple, you gotta leave. I don't, I don't start with that. Yeah. That's not my place to start with. Yeah. I'm not the one that decides your salvation. I, I'm not that one. Mm-hmm. I can help you lead you there. But that's truly how I view any person that comes into my office. Mm-hmm. It's like, you're willing to do God's work, even if it might not be something you're truly knowing and understanding right now. You're willing to do God's work. You're willing to meet these orphans in their affliction. I have to create safe homes for kids. And while I'm doing that, I'm probably going to throw some seeds down and watch them grow as I water. So. Cool. Cool. Thank you. Thanks for sharing that perspective. Um, I I didn't know until actually looking at the brochure, you may have said it in the the video clip at, at the theater that night, but this equestrian thing, you know, I really, 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 and all emphasizing there, emphasizing all in there, wish I could give you a better answer than I'm probably getting ready to give you. <laughs> um, in my entire employment, in my entire employment at Coyote Hill, I think I've been to the Harrisburg site under 10 times, if not 10 times. Okay. Um, working in Jeff City, I've not truly had a, like, I've always got a real reason to go. Right. I really do. However, I've not made that reasoning enough. And I that's kind of like my monkey on my shoulder a little bit. Uh, but I do know that it is also kind of connection based. Mm-hmm. Like if they are caring for this horse, mm-hmm. uh, hopefully I'm saying this right. So mm-hmm. if my founder and my CEO comes and emails <laughs> me later, uh, I know that it's because of this interview that I'm, that I'm in trouble. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I've got to throw that in there. But I really I feel like it is very connection based as well. And I would love to be able to connect you to those people also to get a better answer uh, when it comes to that. We don't have that in Jeff City right now. Now, our mm-hmm. families can utilize that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the dream, the dream mm-hmm. uh, made possible by all the work that Larry and this team has done is to have what they have in Harrisburg in Jefferson City. Mm-hmm. That won't happen tomorrow. That might not even happen in a year or mm-hmm. three or five. Mm-hmm. That's the dream. Mm-hmm. That's the dream. Does that mean that uh, Jeff City would like to have a parcel of land out uh, somewhere in the countryside that could have some residential places and some horses? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And mm-hmm. what that takes is, like you mentioned earlier, that you know, in the Annie video, I mentioned that we are donor funded, mm-hmm. and what that looks like is donors come in, they donate money because the proof is in the pudding. Yeah. I would never sit there in front of anybody. That's why I swung it the way I did in the video, because I don't feel comfortable doing so. I'll never sit there in front of anybody and say, hey, can I have $50? Can I have $100? Can I have $1,000? I def- don't necessarily want people's money. Mm-hmm. Like, yes, people give that money. We call it gifts. Mm-hmm. Okay, I like to call it a gift because really it is a gift to this ministry and it's a gift to children that we're serving. Mm-hmm. But when people do give those gifts, that makes this work possible. Mm-hmm. And just like that, when it comes to getting a piece of land and acreage to do so, and maybe we have up to seven homes on there serving six foster children in each home, like that is made 
by those gifts. So yes, that is a big dream. We have ambassadors. Um, part of Coyote Hill, each area has an ambassador team. I've got my loving ambassadors here in Jeff City as well. And um, this gentleman's name is Michael Flynn, and he dreams a lot with me. He is just came off of our ambassador team because his uh, term has ended. Uh, but he was another mentor um, since I've met him in 2020. And that is something that we talk about quite a bit. We need the land. We've got to get the, the gifts. We've got to get the, the manpower behind it because we really can have what Harrisburg has here in Jeff City. And I'm very, very pumped and excited to know that that is a possibility, not just a dream. You have to dream first. You have to dream first. And then you put in people to work it, like the ambassadors and myself and Zach Cummings, our family advocate licensing specialist here. If you dream, you talk about it, it becomes a reality, then it's there. That's what we have to do. We have to continue to work on that dream, but also the bigger picture is getting homes for kids. We need homes for kids. Okay. That's the biggest thing. Okay. People would contact or find out more about Coyote Hill at coyotehill.org on the you internet. You got it. Uh, you got it. Coyotehill.org, coyotehill.org. My um, phone number and address and email address could be found there as well. I'd love mm -hmm. to share it if, if I needed to. Absolutely. Probably uh, Coyote Hill has a Facebook uh, page, maybe. I don't know. We do have a Facebook page. I, we also have an Instagram page that mm -hmm. shares some pictures and things that we're up to. Yep. If you are a Jeff City person, Cole County person, Callaway County person, our home here in Jeff City that I mentioned earlier, they also have a Facebook, or I'm sorry, Instagram. Get them mixed <laughs> up sometimes. Same thing, social media. But they also have an Instagram page that they provide updates uh, for some of the kids that they work with. And it's really cool. Well, Kyle, uh, you you can close us out for a minute or two with uh, any kind of uh, summation or appeal or uh, how, how would you like to end the show? This is, this is your last chance to put it out there. Oh man. Oh man. You're getting me, you're getting me good here. Because you've been, a, really do... a, you've been a wonderful guest. I, I really appreciate uh, the way you've filled us in on so many things here. I really appreciate that. Um, I think, I think the biggest thing for me to close with is the need and then how we're going to fulfill that need. Um, I've mentioned it before. I mentioned it a couple times through here. I mentioned it at Annie. So maybe 600 plus people probably have seen it by now because <laughs> mm -hmm. of different audience members. Uh, the need is we need more homes for kids. Uh -huh. I'm not talking all full traditional. You're going to take a kid in full time. I'm not only talking about that. We need those homes. We also need respite homes. Respite care is a big need, and that is a recharge moment for parents. If I'm a foster parent, I've got little Joe or Johnny with me, and I need to leave for a weekend to go hmm. to back to Illinois, where I'm originally from, hmm. and I can't take a kid with me for whatever reason, I can reach out to my caseworker and reach out to my coyote hill advocate. I can reach out to maybe a foster parent that I already know, hey, can you provide respite for me? for two to three days. And if they say yes, they get paid to do that. They're mm. a respite trained provider. They mm. get to come in. It's a lot shorter of a process than becoming a traditional respite or a traditional provider. Mm. And they get paid for that. They get to bring those kids in for two to three days for their choosing. And they get to provide that need for me. 
And then it also allows me to go do things I need to do. Or maybe I need to go Christmas shopping. <laughs> maybe I need to go Christmas shopping. I can't take kids with me to do that. Well, that gives me that moment. Maybe I just need to go get ice cream without sharing it. Maybe I need to go get ice cream without sharing it. Maybe <laughs> that's what's going to recharge me. That's the importance of respite providers. But that's the need. The need is we need more homes because there's way too many kids in foster care. In Cole County alone, there's 140 children, give or take, in foster care. Here in Cole County, we've only got 40-ish, and I say ish slightly because it changes on the daily, 40-ish homes. Where are those kids at? If you put one kid in each home, where's those other 100 kids at? Yeah. yeah. Where are they at? They're leaving their home. They're leaving mm-hmm. they, what they know. They're, le- they're leaving everything. That's loss for them. Every move is a loss for this child. I mentioned in the video, they lost bus driver Jeff that gives them a fist bump every morning. That may be the only positive interaction that they have ever had, right? That they could ever remember. If these kids are moving, they don't have that. That's why we need homes here. That's why we need homes in Moberly, Hannibal, Columbia area, Fayette, everywhere. Doesn't matter where you're. Doesn't matter where you're listening from. Doesn't matter if you're in the state of Washington tuning in on a on a link. Reach out to your local children's mission. Reach out to your local foster care agency because the need is there globally, not just in Missouri, but everywhere. If you can understand the need and be educated about the need, you can make a true difference and we can change this landscape of foster care together, not just at Coyote Hill, but statewide. And I'm willing to bet if you reach out to me, if you reach out to any other person in this industry, we're going to take care of you and we're going to get you to the point where you are now taking care of others and you are now changing the landscape of foster care. And I'll leave you with this take. Mm-hmm. Our founder, Larry McDaniel shared a quote at one of our big fundraisers back, back in October that has not left me and I'll share it. Everybody wants to be a part of the outcome, but not everybody wants to be a part of the process. Mm. And Quentin doesn't get it. Okay. That's my tidbit. <laughs> All right. Thank you. Yep. Kyle Peak, coyotehill.org, uh, for being with me today and giving us a, a new perspective on, on foster care. Gotta go. Yeah. Um, hey folks out there, remember wherever you are, that's your world. Please leave your world cleaner more peaceful and more loving than you found it because if it is to be it is up to us take care talk to you soon Tell the story of every stranger that I meet in the crowds and mill around me. If I find you, will I know 
You can hide an evil spirit But a good heart A good heart shows A good heart shows I want to see what love is like I think I've seen it in your face They say it drives people crazy And leaves nothing in its place Careless words are sweet as honey If you love me, will I know You can hide an evil spirit But a good heart A good heart shows A good heart shows You can hide an evil spirit Wear somebody else's clothes You can turn your back on teardrops But a good heart A good heart shows A good heart shows People give up all they have Down to one last crust of bread And they give love without condition No stone of judgment in their head You won't find them in the limelight They might go where no one knows You can hide an evil spirit spirit wear somebody else's clothes you can turn your back on teardrops but a good heart 